Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What? The Comics and Pop Culture Podcast, coming to you from the not-so-solitary fortress that is WaitWhatPodcast.com. Today, instead of our regularly scheduled Baxter-building podcast, Graham McMillan and I devote more than 90 minutes to covering the current Marvel PR controversies of the last few weeks. What did those working for Marvel do and say, and what can they do and say now that they've done and said it? Show notes are available at waitwhatpodcast.com. Leave us comments and questions at waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com. And we invite you to look out for us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Patreon. As always, we hope you enjoy. And thank you for listening. Jeff Lester! Graham McMillan, hello! <coughs> Excuse me. That's a good start! I know, right? Promising. Graham McMillan, hello! I just edited it out. It's like never existed. Master wow. of reality, baby. I think you've got to include all of that. Oh, yeah. Well, I probably will, knowing me. But not because Graham said so, listeners. Just because I'm lazy. I'm not the boss of you. That's right. You're not my dad. You're not my real dad. <laughs> Graham, you're, I'm, I'm you're not, not, right? You're not exactly, my real dad, I'm right? I'm not. Okay. And I'm also not a pretend dad. Okay. So I, I'm glad we've got that sort of Okay, I think that. Well, good. All right. All right. <laughs> Hi, listeners. Hi, whatnots. Um, we are doing, uh, we're, we're breaking with schedule. Yes. Jeff. Yeah. We're doing something uh, uh, unplanned apart from I suggested to you an email like, what, three hours ago or something? See, this is the terrible thing. You suggested it hours before I replied because I was too busy, you know, dutifully replowing through John Byrne comments. So. But that's good because we'll do that as well. Although, when list, like, whether listeners hear them on the same day, that's open to question. Anyway, mm-hmm. what's actually happening is, yes. uh, we obviously were off last week. Yeah. And when we were off, uh, the shit went down with Marvel. Holy shit and, did it, yes. And people said, like, people were on social media saying, oh, I, I, I'm, I wish you guys hadn't skipped the week. Mm-hmm. And got a Baxter building next week. And Jeff and I, talked about the marvel stuff last week and we were like it'll, it'll keep and then today as you saw just after i emailed you yeah um, the shit hit the fan even more for marvel yeah so let's have a what the fuck is happening with marvel yes yes let's. Episode, shall mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. by all means uh now how far back do we want to go um hmm. well let me tell you this uh or ask you uh this the shit that went down today. I take it you're referring to the X Men Gold stuff. Yes. Okay. Uh, our art Ardian Saif. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, he he snuck in some. Uh, he snuck in some messages that, let's just say, might not have been incredibly well thought out for a comic. Uh, especially an X-Men comic, but a comic that a lot of people were going to be paying attention to mm-hmm. in in America. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know. Of course, I... Or, or anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, that's the thing that I think is kind of interesting, is reading the uh, controversy, um, mm-hmm. which I guess we should jump into. Let's see if I can properly... Uh, like, uh, shall, yeah, shall we do it backwards? Shall we start with today's? I sort of feel, I sort of feel like maybe, yeah, working backwards might be smart, right? Because in theory, if nothing else, chances, are, I think, are good by the time this airs. People will have definitely heard about the oldest stuff first. Yes, yes. Yeah, so. Okay, so let's, let's start with what happened today. Yes. Uh, Jeff, why don't you explain? 
Yes. Uh, my understanding is Adrian Saif, who is the artist of uh, X-Men Gold, number one. Yes. Why uh, don't we call him Ardian, seeing as that's his name? Uh, oh, is it? Oh, shit, Ardian. Yes, I I misread it because I am because uh, I... Everyone's well, also like... Because- Yes. Well, I suppose, like, immediately you go Adrian. Like, it's one yeah. of those names that you're like, it's like Sam Keith. Yes. Uh, I, to take a momentary diversion, uh, I did a story, uh, an interview with Sam Keith for the Hollywood Reporter this week, and everyone in editorial tried to fix his name. Right. And you're like, no, no, no. And it's a shame, because, yeah. yeah, you're one of those people who actually knows. So, yes, uh, you're right. Ardian. Uh, is the uh, artist of X-Men Gold number one is out this week. He is a Malaysian artist. And, uh, apparently in the past, he has worked in references and some of the other books that he's drawn, like Batgirl to, uh, Malaysian politics, but at a, as far as I can tell, or as far as I know, a far lighter, um, tone than what popped up in X-Men Gold number one. So in in the Batgirl stuff and other stuff, it's basically been, a, a likeness that has popped up, or maybe a mention of a name, mm-hmm. and that's about it. It's not really gone beyond that. And it, as such, kind of fits in with what happens in lots of other comics, and lots of other artists doing lots of other comics. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, uh, which is an artist is working on stuff in just the same way that things that we might love in the, in the issues of Fantastic Four, where you might see in the background a... Uh, you know, Kirby electronic sign or something like that, or, you know, a, uh, smiling Jimmy's peanuts. If you're, you know, reading an issue of Marvel two and one from 76, uh, Ardian went a slightly different route in that he made a reference to, uh, two, one, two, uh, which in Indonesia is a specific, a number used to donate a spe- denote a specific ma- mass protest from December 2nd. Oh, so it is 12-2, not 2-12. I was, when I was explaining yeah. this to my wife over dinner, I was like, 2-12? I'm like, I don't know if that's going to be... Anyway, so yes, sure enough, December 2nd, hundreds of thousands of Muslims marched against the Christian governor of Jakarta um, over allegations of uh, blasphemy, uh, which is really interesting because... Uh, uh, the, the governor of Jakarta, um, who is Christian mentioned this, uh, verse in the Quran, uh, that, um, translates as, Oh, you who have believed, do not take the Jews and the Christians as allies. They are in fact allies of one another. And whoever is an ally to them among you, then indeed he is one of them. Indeed, Allah guides, not the wrongdoing people. So, um, he uh he caused a great deal of controversy when he reversed referred to this verse while campaigning and said that people should not believe Islamic leaders who claim it forbids Muslims from being led by non-Muslims, which is interesting because it seems to me that apparently he took the time to call out that specific phrase in the Quran and I guess essentially say that it was wrong, which ended up upsetting people, which is why there were the very specific mass protests. Uh Ardian had participated in, I guess, both of the marches and decided to work in references in the background art to the march and to the section of the Quran. So uh, there's a sign in the background uh, on a storefront 
that is uh, looks like an address, but is 212. And uh, much more problematic is Colossus is shown wearing a shirt with with the X-Men logo. And right next to it, it says QS5 colon 51. So uh, I guess, which means Quran Sarah, Sarah meaning chapter. And for people who are wondering, is Jeff just have the page of Bleeding Cool open where Rich Johnston summarized all this? Yes, I am. So I believe in <laughs> sharing credit where credit is due. And, uh, you know, but I think th- is think that's a fairly complete summary, right? We essentially have someone who is drawing an X-Men comic. Again, X-Men, a comic known about diversity, inclusivity, and, um, you know, basically seen as a comic that's very, you know, that the thematic existence is about against, um, what would you call it? Systemized oppression on racial grounds, I suppose, to have a shout out to a section in the Quran that is very, is not nearly as inclusive as the comic that, uh, Ardian is drawing. So... Kind of a shit show. Kind of a shit show. Yeah. And what's uh, interesting, Graham, you should you should definitely go with this because I'm sure your take is fresher, smarter, and more. Well, well there, there's a, there's a couple of things. One, uh, there are multiple English language versions of that chapter from the Quran, mm. and different versions place the emphasis. It, it in fact make the meaning very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are. Those that basically suggest that uh, Jews and Christians cannot be friends of Muslims. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are those that essentially say, if you are friends with Jews and Christians, then you are the same as them. Mm-hmm. And those are very different meanings. Right. Those those are incredibly different meanings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, the there's an emphasis on wrongdoing versus evildoing uh, that suggest at least based on my limited reading today this suggests that there's like one is implicitly saying jews and christians are evil Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also one that essentially says that they are quote-unquote wrong but essentially what is wrong like being wrong is in the eye of god right therefore questioning and again so you have two very different readings Mm -hmm. of this verse right uh, or two very different translations of this verse at, at least uh Sayaf has apparently owned up to this when people saw it in pencils on Facebook, mm-hmm. but now it's broken, is no longer, is not commenting whatsoever. Marvel, however, has at least, uh, released a comment. Yes. Which, uh, so the Marvel statement, which was released this afternoon, so basically this broke on social media Friday night, late Friday night, and really gathered steam Saturday morning. By Saturday afternoon, Marvel had released a statement which uh, I'm trying to think of a nice way of saying was clearly a, oh shit, we didn't expect this at Saturday afternoon statements because it's somewhat illegible. Yeah. The mentioned artwork in X-Men Gold issue one was inserted without knowledge behind its reported meanings, it says. These implied references do not reflect the views of the writer, editors, or anyone else at Marvel, and are in direct opposition of the inclusiveness of Marvel Comics and what the X-Men have stood for since their creation. This artwork will be removed from subsequent printings, digital versions, and trade paperbacks, and disciplinary action is being taken. That is the complete statement from Mm -hmm. Marvel. Mm -hmm. Um, There are, I mean, genuinely... 
dimensioned artwork in X-Men Gold issue 1 was inserted without knowledge behind its reported meanings is a sentence that doesn't make an incredible... Like, you know what they're saying. Yes. But at the sentence, you're like, what? <laughs> what, what just happened there? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really interesting statement. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting statement because it doesn't actually apologize. Right. Uh, it's also interesting because not only does it not apo- apologize, it doesn't necessarily say that it agrees with the readings uh, of those taking offense at the inclusion of these references. Right. These implied references. Mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting. Disciplinary action is being taken is also interesting because it doesn't say that Syaf's off the book. I fully expect he will be off the book by, by Tuesday. Yeah. I, I, I think, I just think he's, either he steps down or he is fired. More than likely, he is going to be fired and they'll position it as like a mutual decision. Yes. Um, but, it's it's all very nebulous. This artwork will be removed from subsequent printings. I'm guessing they mean literally the uh, 212 and the QS 551, but it leaves it open to, are they actually going to have someone redraw the issue? Mm. No, this artwork will be removed from subsequent printings. Mm-hmm. I mean, surely they wouldn't, but, but maybe they will. Mm. You know, it, it, it's a very weird statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, m- more of what Marvel is actually going to say in response to this. Um, it's it's kind of amazing. I mean, I can't believe I can't believe that Syaf thought that this was going to be okay. I guess. Mm-hmm. And also, and by okay, I don't just mean like including the references. The idea that like it wouldn't be found. Mm-hmm. Because he's making, whether or not you agree with the statement he's making, and I've actually seen a surprising number of people on Twitter today basically defend him for putting this this in, which genuinely surprises me. Right. But, you know, sure, if you have that 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 reading, um, the idea of putting like an, an explicitly p- political reference mm-hmm. in a comic like X Men. Mm-hmm. Seems like it seems like you're asking to be fired. Yeah. Well, no. I, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, although, you know, did uh, did the uh, was it the inker or the letterer that included the um, remember the during Brubaker's Captain America, there was some uh, stuff on the protest signs that that um, that oh, that was. Do you I, remember? Was that, I, I think it was a letterer. Yeah, I think but I think a letter like that that got like a weird cowardly. We didn't mean to upset the Tea Party, right? Well, see, that's it. We didn't mean to upset the Tea Party. So there's kind of a little bit of, um, you know, yeah, the, the, I don't know how to say it. Like in the past, you, I'm sure, I'm sure that for me, I think Saif was like, hey, as long as I'm not like um, shit talking a Marvel editor, which seems to be a faster way to get canned, such as um, the guy who complained about Jim Shooter being fired. Was it Al Milgram? No, oh, who was? Yeah, it was Al. It was it was Al Milgram, right? Who got who got canned for putting something in book titles? I think that was criticizing their decision to. But even it, though, like crit- criticize, was it was it even Shooter? I want to say it was much later than that. I See, want to that's say it. there was a much Bob later Harris. one that happened. I, I think it was Bob Harris. Ah, it was Bob Harris. That's what it was. Yeah, exactly. But so, uh, but even then, like that is that's small potatoes next to this. Do you know what I mean? 
Well, I I think he didn't necessarily think that it would be any bigger. I mean, clearly it got by editorial, and then I think he thought that the people who pointed it out were going to be people were, who were going were to understand. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and um, you know that that does seem kind of uh, goofy and naive. But again, we don't know. For all we know, like I mean, for all I know. Uh, you know, this guy has uh, clearly has got a history of putting stuff in the background of his work, and maybe there's other stuff. You know, if you're that, that was actually one of my first thoughts. One of my first thoughts was, I kind of want to look through all of his other comics to see what's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, has he been doing this for ages? And literally, X Men Goals is just a big enough book, yeah, that people see it exactly. That the difference between X Men Gold and like whatever book that he was drawing for DC beforehand, it was the, just an order of magnitude more eyeballs right? so, on the page. So here's the, uh, the other side of this, the flip side of this. Mm-hmm. This is staggeringly bad for the fucking relaunch book of the X-Men line mm-hmm. to be hit by this. And on a, almost, ent- I think almost entirely, I give Marvel a pass on this. As an editorial entity. Sure, yeah. Because, I mean, I read this comic and I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think unless you're familiar with these references. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I to be honest, I don't look at the background, like, graffiti of anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it says 212. You know, his shirt says something. Like, I just don't think about that now. I think that's gone. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, no one will be able to put any graffiti in the back of a comic. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I think people are so editors are going to be so gun shy about this, right? That they're like, you only get to put in what we tell you to put in. That's right. Do you know what I mean? Like, or whatever you put in, we're going to Google the shit out of. Well, which they clearly won't do. So I think it's much more likely that they'll just come up with a list of like approved, approved graffiti, exactly, approved graffiti and approved logos, and you just can't go outside them. Yeah, at, at all. Um, but. But so yeah, I, I give Marvel pass for this. But at the same time, this is really bad. Well, the thing that I I find what I find unfortunate about it, the most unfortunate part is is that this part really does seem like, um, you know, uh, unless uh, unless Marvel manages to shoot its own foot off in its official reply coming on Monday. Uh, I, no, I, I honestly think the reply they put out today is their official reply, and right. I'll get to why I think that later. But mm-hmm. I, anyway, you think unless they shoot their foot off, yeah, that what? Which they very well might. Fight? Yeah, that they're that they're fine. Like the Marvels. In fact, what I find regrettable about it is is that it somehow is easier to sort of be like, oh, Marvel, they sure had some bad luck, rather than you know, uh, the shit show that was happening up until this had a certain amount of, um, you know, for me, like, well, you reap what you sow. You well, yeah, know? Th- yeah. Uh, up until this point, they'd done it to themselves. Yeah. But um, here's, here's honestly what I have been thinking for a week, and this is when I'm going to start to expand it to the other things. Mm-hmm. Marvel is in a really bad position right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because of what happened last week, which is essentially uh, as part of a, a an ICV2 report about Marvel meeting with retailers to talk about, hey, our sales have gone down the toilet. Here's what we're doing in the future. We want to find out what we can do to help you. Um, as part of that, 
Axel Alonso said something incredibly stupid and David Gabriel said something arguably more stupid. And then David Gabriel repeated it in an interview afterwards. Yeah. Alonso said that there were only two artists at Marvel that moved the sales needle. Right. Uh, and that was uh, uh, Olivier Koipel. And who was the second? I can't even remember. Oh, um, I mean, that's the thing. It's like I remember him saying like there were maybe – I didn't know that he named them. Yeah, he did. He, oh. he actually named them. Uh, anyway, so he, he said there was two. And Cassidy wasn't it? Because I would think that – Maybe it was Cassidy. That I would can't... make a lot of smart sense to me considering uh, the and... launch of uh, – anyway, yes. Uh, but yeah, he named them, which I mean is just – the statement is dumb to begin with. Naming them is even dumber because all you do is piss off the other artists. Right. That's all you're doing. Yep. Uh, and that's actually the thing that made me think that he didn't think he was going to be quoted directly. Mm-hmm. Because it strikes me that's something someone says when they think they're in a cone of silence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. Gabriel said something else, which again, I would have put down to he thought he was in a cone of silence apart from the fact he then repeated it in an interview. Yeah. He said that the lesson Marvel had taken was that re- uh, uh, diversity doesn't sell. That retailers and readers do not want women and people of color in their comics. That is, I mean, blindingly stupid and also wrong. Yeah. But let's go with blindingly stupid for now. Well, I so, think, I think actually for, if you don't mind, Graham, part of me is, I think it's, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think to me, it's really important to interweave the blindingly stupid with the wrong. Because for me anyway, the part that bothers me about it is is that it, it, that on its own it's blindingly stupid, but but the fact that it's also demonstrably wrong means that it is um, that Gabriel is scapegoating. Gabriel actually yes. decided to choose that issue, which is the sort of you know kind of bullshit you might see on like a, a comic book comment thread, you know. Uh, and repeated as fact rather than actually talking about the facts that people have been talking about for a while, which is, is that Marvel's ongoing approach to continually rebooting for number one, continually linking to big events, you know, not resetting their status quo in any meaningful way, despite promising it, you know, had diminishing returns. In other words, mm-hmm. the fact to me, it's stupid it's wrong. And on top of that, and to me, this is why I think it's really worth bearing out why there's a certain chickens coming home to roost is it's, um, it's, it's uh, evil is overselling it, I suppose. But uh, apart from oh, the it's, fact it's, that you're blaming I'm... on blaming the people who are the least responsible for a situation rather than owning up to your own bullshit, you know, I'm not sure I'm willing to go all the way to evil, but I'm definitely going to go to work. I'm definitely going to say it's shitty. Yeah. Shitty is, I guess, the – right, is the less judgmental version of what I'm trying to get at, which is, uh, is that it's a horrible shit thing to do. Yeah. Where I was going with this when I first brought it up, mm-hmm. it's that so you have this situation where Marvel creates a narrative, a public narrative, which then goes even more public in the following days mm-hmm. of – Marvel is against diversity. Yeah. Okay, and this story gets picked up 
a lot of places. Yeah. It's in, it's in the mainstream media, especially in the UK, where it's in fucking print newspapers and on television. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay? On television. Yeah. It was on, it was on three different BBC shows, Jeff. I, like, I don't know, I honestly, because it's not like Britain is having a slow news period. I don't know how that happened. Right. But anyway. Um, but anyway, it's, it's a public narrative. And, and I'll get back to this, but it's a narrative that Marvel does not actually respond to. The day after the ICV2 story goes live and Twitter responds, Gabriel puts out a statement, which is essentially, oh, I didn't mean it. Everyone likes diversity, but doesn't really respond to anything. It's basically an attempt to walk it back that no one believes. Well, no one, like, gives any, any real, uh, importance to. Because again, I think the thing that bothers me is, is that Gabriel is once again sort of refusing to say that he did anything wrong. You know what I mean? He literally said, he doesn't say, oh, I, I was misquoted. He doesn't say I misspoke. He doesn't even say like I was wrong. He literally says like this news came out. It couldn't be more wrong. Like we have characters that are, people well, are huge. Shall, about I, support. shall I read his, his, Please. his yeah, yeah, yeah. second statement? Mm-hmm. So his second statement was, quote, Discussed candidly by some of the retailers at the summit, we heard that some were not happy with the false abandonment of the core Marvel heroes, and contrary to what some said about characters not working, the sticking factor and popularity for a majority of these new titles and characters like Squirrel Girl, Ms. Marvel, The Mighty Thor, Spider-Gwen, Miles Morales, and Moon Girl continue to prove that our fans and retailers are excited about these new heroes. And let me be clear, our new heroes are not going anywhere. We are proud and excited to keep introducing unique characters that reflect new voices and new experiences into the Marvel Universe and pair them with our iconic heroes. We've also been hearing from stores that welcome and champion our new characters and titles and want more. They're invigorated their customer base and help them grow stores because of it. So we're getting both sides of the story and the only upcoming change we're making is to ensure we don't lose focus of our core heroes. That's his complete statement. Which, honestly, people just don't really pay attention to. Uh, As as well they shouldn't, I think. I I should also say, like, his statement, his first thing Mm -hmm. in the interview... He said, what we heard was that people don't want any more diversity. They didn't want female characters out there. That's what we heard, whether we believe that or not. I don't know that that's really true, but that's what we saw in sales. Oh, come on. We saw the sales of any character that was diverse, any character that was new, or female characters, anything that was not a core Marvel character people were turning their nose up against. That was difficult for us because we had a lot of fresh, new, exciting ideas that we were trying to get out and nothing really new, nothing new really worked. Two things in response to this. One of which was obvious at the time, one of which literally has come out yesterday. Mm. Thing number one. That's what we heard, whether we believe that or not, is such a Trump. Yes. Like, angle. Mm-hmm. Lots of people are saying. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I think at this point, everyone, like, actually upsets people more. Mm-hmm. Do you know Like, the, the, here's the narrative I want you to believe, but I don't want to be held responsible for saying it, so I will say other people have said, yeah. but I won't tell you who they are. Right. Thing number two, and this is the fascinating thing, uh, I don't know if you saw the New York Times piece about this that went live yesterday, uh, but in yes. it, mm-hmm. Milton Greep said that it was two retailers who said that they had this problem. Mm-hmm. Two. That's it. Right. And so for that to become 
the takeaway that Gabriel offers for Marvel's falling sales, based on two retailers saying so. Out of 14, I think, right? Yeah, and for him to position it the way he did in that piece, Mm -hmm. where he makes it sound like basically that's what everyone was saying, or at least that's what a majority was saying, is really, really telling. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes. That is... That's the thing. Anyway, sorry, I was I completely distracted myself again. So you have this uh this week you have this narrative growing. Uh Marvel does not respond to it. Marvel does not put out an official response, and I'll get back to this in a second. This Ardian Sayaf story breaks today. Mm-hmm. Sort of pounding like Marvel's PR woes. Here's the thing, Jeff. In less than two weeks, Secret Empire Issue Zero is gonna be released. Mm-hmm. Secret Empire Issue Zero. Based on what rumors are saying, I've not read it, but based on what rumors are saying, you're going to get a character to argue that the Nazis should have won World War II. The timing of this could not be worse, right? Mm-hmm. Am, am I am I overreacting and thinking that? No, I, like really, when you're when you're trying to fight, when you're trying to argue that Marvel does actually care about diversity, mm-hmm. and has like literally just had to deal with a uh, oh, and by the way, we've had this like intolerant graffiti in in the back of our comic, um, and let's face it, have probably fired our Muslim artist of the X Men because of it. Yeah, you then don't want to have a comic less than two weeks later. Saying, and by the way, the Nazis were robbed of World War Two. Right. There's, I mean, it's obviously there's more to it than that. Based on the recent Captain America issue, um, I think it's going to be, and I again, I've not read issues here, so I don't know, but I think that what it's going to be is the character saying that is from the false narrative that Cap now believes. Right. So that I think that's important to say because when it was first put out in in the internet land by Richard Bleeding Cool, he did not put that in there. He said that the Marvel Universe was naturally a world where the, mm-hmm. the Nazi won. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it is in the false narrative that Steve believes, that's very much not naturally. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that that's that's clearly the false narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that it's for me that's an important difference. Mm-hmm. That genuine important difference nonetheless you don't want to have a comic out there two weeks after this that has that in there you just don't yeah well Um, uh, yeah i mean yeah but it's again i'm like but marvel marvel double marvel keeps doubling down on this stuff and that's marvel's done that time and again and now you know and most of the time they got away with it so this is really interesting to me to see them be in a situation where they are, um, uh, fucked. yeah, they're fucked and they're, I mean, they're, they, 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 they are kind of fucked. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. Something that used to be true of Marvel and as much as it drove me insane, it was also something I liked mm-hmm. was that Marvel would respond to everything. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, DC would stick their head in the sands. If something right. was really bad, DC just wouldn't issue a comment. Mm-hmm. But Marvel would. Mm-hmm. Like, it might be a bullshit comment. In fact, it almost inevitably would be a bullshit comment, but they'd respond. Mm-hmm. 
it is staggering to me that Marvel has not responded properly to the David Gabriel thing. I will say, as a professional journalist, Mm -hmm. I asked them for a response on Monday. And I got told, it's coming. Mm -hmm. I know from talking to someone who worked on Newsnight with the BBC, they were told, we'll have a response for you. And Marvel just didn't get them a response. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, and this is, we're now getting into like secondhand, like hearsay. Right. Uh, the New York Times was also told that they would have a response. Mm -hmm. And then Marvel, in the story says, Marvel declined to comment. Mm -hmm. It's gone a week now. A full week and Marvel has not pushed back on this. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand why they have not actually tried to respond. Well, I, I, I'm of, I'm of two minds. Uh, one is a suggestion I think made by Rich that I found very interesting, which is, is that, um, he suggests that because Marvel, Marvel is no longer a unified front. It used to be all one thing as you as you know and so for example uh if you were going to report shit about marvel comics for example you risked losing access to marvel studios right oh i i i know from experience exactly it may not be the case anymore they make it sound as if uh, rich suggested that marvel studios is more than happy to point out when Marvel Comics is getting in trouble to, you know, upper management because it's no, it, again, it's no longer a unified front. So Marvel yeah, Comics. It's, it's literally bifurcated. It's Marvel bifurcated. Studios and Marvel, exactly. Marvel, Marvel yeah. yeah. So Marvel is, Marvel, the comic division and TV division is now in the situation where they are no longer a 900 pound gorilla where the things that they say can be um, covered up, killed, or taken off record because editors don't want to lose access to exclusive interviews from the set of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 or whatever the shit, you know? Which is, which is sure, the stuff that brings in the cash. So yeah. Marvel, Marvel Comics, the, the entities behind Marvel Comics are now basically the guys who no longer have the big brother standing behind them to make you give them, you know, your lunch money, you know, and they don't know, I think how to handle that. So it's a lot of typical bullying, like, Oh, bluster, like, Oh yeah, yeah, no, we got it. We got it. And then they just hope that it goes away, you know, because they don't have anything up their sleeves. They've been thugs for too long. You know? I'm 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 going to push back on that. Okay. And do you know why? Why? When I spoke to them earlier this week, mm-hmm. I've never heard uh, I've never heard Marvel be quite as uh, scared isn't the right word, but definitely like we will get back to you. Like we we don't quite know how to respond to this. Right. But they didn't get back to you, did they? No. But but it's. And I'm not saying you that's out of arrogance. No, I'm no, just saying they no, don't. But I, no, but that's what I'm saying. I, mm-hmm. You can tell when someone is bullying you. Mm-hmm. You can tell when someone is blanking you. Mm-hmm. 
and you can tell when they're like, what do we do? And I don't think this was, this was a like, sure, we'll get back to you with no intent of doing it. I think, I think a bully without power is just a coward. And if they had come up with a good enough thing that they could have figured out that would have sold everybody, they would have done it. But they don't have the experience. Honestly, they don't have the experience to finesse narratives. Marvel hammers narratives. You know, they used to hammer it through the press. They hammered it through CBR. They hammered it through anyone that glad handed them and threatened to blackball the people who didn't. Graham. And, you know, now that they're no longer in that situation, they don't have any, they don't have the tools in their toolbox. You know what I mean? It's like, it's guys who have been used to like bench pressing are now being told that they have to run a marathon and they're like, ah, on our hands, like they don't know how to do what they need to do in this situation. Just the fact that David Gabriel, just the fact that you had the DC rebirth press conference, which, and believe me, I'm not a fan of Dan DiDio's um, PR skills. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think he's got an eye for, for a certain talent, God bless him, and he clearly, I suspect his Marvel 70s pull list looks a lot like mine, but... The, but the fact is, is that it, when it came time to do that tour, they really did do the "we're going to eat some humble pie." We were wrong. We made mistakes, and we, and we were arrogant about it. Like they really did that. They really okay, th did say that. You know? Okay, so this this kind of gets to something that's sticking in my head about mm -hmm. Gabriel's comments. Gabriel said it terribly, but I'm not sure he's wrong. Uh, which part? I think the fan base that Marvel courts does not want diversity, and that Marvel has not realized that it has to sell it to a different audience. Mm. And I think, to an extent, that is also what happened to DCU. Hmm. And I think that I think the two are because remember DCU sales fucking tanked. They did. They did. like really, really badly. Right. And. DC but was just I... better at positioning it afterwards because they said we'd lost sight of our core heroes without the – because – and you guys didn't want women or other – or anyone else. Right. And I think if Gabriel had just left it – like if you go back to his thing, mm -hmm. if you take out the people didn't want any more diversity and instead he said – we saw the sales of any character that was not a core Marvel character. People were turning the nose up against. That wouldn't have been anywhere near as controversial as Oh, completely. Statement. Completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, <sighs> but, okay, so here's my thing, Graham, is, is I feel that, and I could be wrong, is, is that, again, DC's, DC's message, which was not technically especially correct either, if you want to pick nits about it, the DCU books sold terribly. But as I've mentioned a bajillion times in this podcast, DC had recently pissed off a shit ton of retailers right before they launched the DCU by doing nothing to honor their agreements with the retailers when it was announced that Amazon was going to start selling comics digitally at like 
Tuesday, 12.01 a.m. or whatever it is, I guess Wednesday, 12.01 a.m., that they weren't going to hold their, the selling of their digital comics until the opening of stores on the West Coast. Retailers were, in fact, so angry about that. And I, I assume, I you know, that when Brian Hibbs told me that he was talking for more than just himself, I'm inclined to believe him, that he was like, I'm not going to support them. I'm not going to support DC. They can fucking choke on it. That that was a, a relatively standard, you know, uh, measure. And that had nothing to do with like, yeah, fuck them for trying to give me a Black Canary comic, you know, or screw them for having a, like a, a African-American writer try and write Cyborg. You know, it, it was very much uh, they did business with us and they and they fucked us. So we object to them. And the other part of things is, is they the, but. What DC did was say that, so they, so they told the, they told, like you said, this lie. Uh, I don't, I see it as a lie. You, we may argue about that in just a minute, but they basically were like, yeah, we did this thing. We represented these heroes in the wrong light. It was too grim and a gritty. And you know, these were complaints that were indeed issued about the new 52 when it came out. Um, you know, and they were like, and we were wrong and we listened to you guys and we're sorry and we're going to make it up to you, you know, and they did do a bunch of stuff like they rolled back their prices on a lot of their books. Sure. No, no, you know, that, that's, they, that's true. They did a, a whole bunch I, of stuff I, that, that Marvel just is not doing. You know, that well, I don't think be, that Marvel's doing or Marvel. Yeah, I, I honestly at this, at this like. point, we have we have no idea what Marvel is doing. Mm hmm. Like legitimately, we know Marvel is doing is announcing something soon. There's a fall relaunch, but we don't know what it is. Right. You know, like we we literally have no idea if they're rolling back pricing or not. Mm-hmm. Um, to that point, though, I think that um, I don't blame the failure of DCU solely on uh, DC's relationship with retailers. Mm-hmm. I think I think. If D- I think even if DC had had the worst relationship with retailers, mm-hmm. and even if retailers had not supported the books at all, at all, mm-hmm. if the books were hits, they still would have sold more than they sold. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, I, 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 and I'm not saying they're bad books. I love a lot of the DCU books, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think that the the, the direct market, the the Wednesday. DC reader, mm-hmm. like and say Marvel reader, are not looking for these comics. And I think that as sad as it is, when you go back to like fucking, it's Al Jordan and he's in his traditional outfit. Yeah, he's uh, like, like that's that's more in tune with what that audience wants. You know what? I I I'm I think that that is sort of true. It, but I also think that the majority of, and this doesn't happen across the board, comics are sold by the retailers. You know, they literally, the majority of it is the way that things are set up now. The direct market outsells digital. DC, oh, like, can pump yes. money into yeah. things, you know, and, and, and actually did do those, a lot of digital promotions, although I don't know how much they promoted their promotions, if that makes sense. But, you know, you've got to have, like, people walk into the store, there's a volume of, of product. And I think it's not unfair to say 
that the average comic book reader walking into a comic book store, seeing shelves of product, tend to go for what they know, what they think is reliable sure. or the characters I, that they care about. I, I think I they're agree. open to more experiences and different experiences, but they don't know because there's just too many books to sit there and just stand and flip through them. It's much more a, a process of like, well, what do you what do you think is good? You know, and in that sense, I think a retailer is incredibly instrumental. I don't think that people are because honestly, well, I, I'm, I'm thing. not I'm not meaning to discount retailers. I'm just saying I don't say I don't put it all on. I don't put the failure of DCU entirely on retailers. See, because I think, that, I think that you have to fold in the fact that to some extent, the audience didn't want those comics. Well, I think first off, I'm not I, I'm sure whether, whether your point is they were basically never given the opportunity to like learn that they wanted those comics. Right. You know, I mean, my, that's my thing is, is they didn't, they didn't learn. They didn't really have much of a chance. The books weren't really there. They weren't really around long enough to build any sort of word of mouth. The retailers aren't promoting. And additionally, despite what you say, the, the fact of the matter is, is that, um, until, until a reboot comes along where there's a new fresh take that makes people perk their eyes up, like what was what was Hal Jordan's Green Lantern selling at the time of the DCU? You know, I mean, admittedly, it was amped across like five or six titles. But this is the problem: if you're in a marketplace where Spider-Man is selling sixty thousand issues, or or the X-Men are barely eking by at fifty-five thousand, it's hard to make an argument that that's all that the readers want. I mean, because if it is. Either well, but, 10 years ago, f those 55,000 readers were buying 10 copies apiece, or you've lost people to attrition. Oh, I'm not, I'm, yeah, sure, I agree, you've lost people to attrition. I kind of lost the thread of your argument in there. Um, but, are you, oh. I, yeah, you're gonna have to unpick, unpick what you just said, because I, I, I don't think I understand you. Yeah, I'm, because I'm sure I'm just being, ranty make blabby face i guess what no, i'm saying but, is, but, is that, uh, yeah because like for me the part okay the parts that confuse me about what you just said are right <laughs> one dcu rebooted essentially all well not rebooted but like gave a makeover to all of the big books at the same time like simultaneously everything like you had superman with no powers different batman uh wonder woman God just had a shitty creative team. Um, right. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, Green Lantern got rid of the core entirely and got rid of the ring and all of a sudden Hal Jordan's fucking growing his hair and it's wearing a hood and has a fucking power pack on his back. Um, like, I seem to remember Flash was the only book that didn't undergo a massive shift mm -hmm. in, in, in tone. Mm -hmm. Like, Aquaman, all of a sudden is at war with Atlantis and is like growing stubble and is going around going, ah, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. My wife's trying to kill me, except she's not my wife because who wants to get married anymore? Okay, uh, so you're saying that people wanted to see that that proved that what people I, wanted to see was classic Superman and classic Batman and classic Aquaman and not Hal Jordan with a hood. Sure. It yeah. is what is, is you're saying that that's part of that failure as I, I'm well. Say, I'm saying that's definitely part of the failure. Yes. I see. Yeah, I was overlooking at, that at, part. I forgot and, the result of that. And at the same time, mm -hmm. if you were saying like, well, why weren't more people buying Spider-Man or, or, or the X-Men? 
those books haven't been quote unquote traditional for the longest time either. That's not true. Spider Man has, and Spider Man notably is like Marvel's big hit. Well, sure. And but its idea of traditional is is that Peter Parker is like the CEO of a world famous company. Sure, but it's offering the old school thrills more than any other Marvel book these days. Well, I don't know, Graham. I, at that point, I just feel like what, we're sort of weirdly splitting is, hairs. Yeah, I, I, I will give you that. You know, so, but, but, but that, that is a good point, you know, but I, I just think, so, you know, I, I, I find, I think, I think there's something to be said, especially because Rebirth did so well. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said that like, there is, for better or worse, spoilers, I may lean towards the latter, there is more hunger in the drag market for the, nostalgia version of the characters and of the franchises than new takes. And I, I think quote unquote new takes right. have to be very much flavored with nostalgia in order to hit. Ah, and I wish I could agree with you, but I'm not entirely sure that I do. What is your counter argument then? By which I, I'm sure yes. you're working. What are what are the new takes that have actually been sales successes. Well, I'm not necessarily sure that there are, well, okay, before we get to that part, let's, I just want to say that I think, although you might be right, I'm not sure that you, that, that your sense of that is more important than DC cut their book, mo the majority of their books by a dollar and they double shipped and they, I think well, if they cut the by a dollar and double ship for DCU, it still would not have been the magnitude of success that it was. Uh, maybe. I, like, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's sad, but I also think it's the way it is. Okay. Well, I, I, I see your point. Honestly, I think that unfortunately, uh, if nothing else, because of the double shipping, there's a lot of, proof in the pudding because we're seeing, you know, as the returnability goes away, we're seeing, we're seeing that sale, whether or not DC's sales are slipping at a rate that is standard attrition multiplied by double shipping, or that there's something more that may suggest that it may not necessarily be new takes that people are willing, uh, that, that it's, that the, the nostalgia factor is not necessarily as strong. But I, I could be wrong for myself. And this is, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think the challenge to come up with something where it's like, oh, here's a new take that is, you know, that are, that's driving the kids crazy. Like, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know. I don't think, I don't think that, um, you know, I think that Batman, which has been on top of the charts, uh, up until recently, I guess, where it's displaced by that amazing Spider-Man issue, um, you know, has, has, has not, it's not necessarily a back-to-basics take that either Tom King or Snyder and Capullo took with the character, you know? And I think it's the most successful thing in the marketplace. I mean, that's tough. Uh, that's me hedging my bets, because, of course, it's like fucking Batman, you know? The entire yeah. standard... Of what sells is based is around Batman. Batman. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's literally how the industry defines it. Like, how many Batmans worth did you sell? You know, everything shifted in comparison to that. So that's uh, disingenuous argument number one. Disingenuous argument number two is The Walking Dead is 
a comic that sells more than Marvel comics, most Marvel comics and most DC comics do. And admittedly is backed by a TV show that is, um, at least by the, the current television landscape, a huge hit, you know, uh, and yet I would still say that if you look at sort of squint your eyes and be like, well, is there anything that sort of has those same conventional rubrics? Not really. You look at something like Saga, again, relatively new, is not based on any sort of other type of product, sells about 40,000 to 45,000 copies and more trades. Uh, you know, that suggests that there are things in the marketplace, that there are people in the marketplace that are willing to support 40 or 45,000, you know, copies of something that is not, uh, that is not nostalgia, you know? Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of want to get to what, one of the things that I thought that think you said that I think is an excellent point is, is that when you, um, talk about, one of the things that's weird about Marvel is is that they ha they unlike the DCU they have had successes with uh things like Squirrel Girl and Ms Marvel and Moon Girl they just haven't had successes with those in, in the direct market, market. Yeah. yeah and i think yeah, that's, that's that's the thing mm -hmm. that, and that's that's the important thing that has to be remembered mm -hmm. uh you look at, I mean, even, so going back to DCU for a second, mm -hmm. the breakout DCU book was Midnighter. Mm -hmm. And that was in trades. Mm -hmm. The breakout DCU book, uh, in terms of critical success was Omega Man, which I would lay money is going to make more money for DC as a collected edition yeah. over the next 10 years than any other DCU book or probably any other DC rebirth book mm -hmm. because it's a, it's a complete story in and of one volume, mm -hmm. you know. I and and smartly, and I have no idea like if this was intentional or not. Doesn't have any of the like DCU branding on the the cover at well, all. And and you know, I, I might as well book. hopscotch with you and say that that is probably uh, equally true of Tom King's The Vision collection. Yep. And that is well, also it would be if DC if Marvel ever fucking puts out one volume with it all exactly in. exactly which they could very well be happily willing to simultaneously like kill the goose for the golden egg for the smallish golden egg just the same way that they've continuously I oh, think fucked Runaways Marvel know? is Marvel is they have fucked Vision mm -hmm. the fact that they went from. Single issue to three trades, or maybe Ooh, it's two, I think it's two trades. trades. I think it was is it two first, trades? I think so. Six uh, and six. And then instead of doing the collection of all of it, they're doing the fucking director's cuts, single issues again. Yeah, like that's that's an astounding move of desperation to me. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, and that, also yeah. short termism. Like mm -hmm. you exactly have more success putting it in one fucking book, you guys. Exactly. Um, but no. Marvel has Marvel's successes have been outside the direct market, mm -hmm. you know, and and it's clear that something like Squirrel Girl is a success because there's no other reason that Marvel would give it a graphic novel mm -hmm. if it wasn't fact that it's finding purchase in the bookstore market in the Scholastic market. Right. So again, to me, and, and, and yeah. then again. Mm -hmm. They're fucking themselves because, like, Squirrel Girl graphic novel, which I love, was a fucking thirty dollar book. Yeah, yep. 
You know, it's like, no, like literally half that price. Even if it means you print the pages at half size, well, half the price in the book's going to be more successful. I'd be curious. I can't imagine that it's $30 in the Scholastic catalog, but maybe I'm wrong. You know? You think, uh, how big is the disc, how big can the discount be in Scholastic? Oh, I, I think that it would probably be pretty substantial. Because you think it's going to be half price or something? You think it's going to be like a, a $16 book? Yeah. It, uh, at least, maybe down to 10. I, I mean, I literally am talking, well, I'm not literally talking out my ass, but I am so talking out my ass that it might as well be as if I am literally talking out my ass. I'm, I, I have no idea, but this is, to me, part of the problem is, is that Marvel is using the direct market to try and underwrite the costs for a completely different marketplace. You know, they're, they're doing this show game. They, by releasing stuff in the direct market and doing everything possible to blame everyone else as to why it's not a quote unquote hit, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, I don't think that anyone necessarily, it's not the fact that they mind that it's Squirrel Girl or that it's Moon Girl. It's the fact that those books are, you know, by and large for a different audience. And I don't, I think that the direct market generally is way more flexible and malleable in terms of the audience that it accepts. You know, it's not, it's still pretty circumscript, you know, all ages books don't, if they're market, if they're labeled as such, don't sell that well. Like an all ages, you know, Marvel, Marvel adventures, which as you and I have talked about, have had a lot of great writers and artists do really, really good work. And that stuff will never sell. It will, they'll be lucky if they can sell, sell 10,000 copies of it in the direct market. If mm-hmm. by pretending that it's not an all ages book, they can eke out 18,000 copies or 19,000 copies or hallelujah, 27,000 copies, you know, that's great for them because where they're really making that money is in the scholastic stuff and they can undersell it at scholastic prices and still make a profit because the direct market covers all the upfront costs. You know, uh, I want to just tell you that while you were saying that, I actually looked at the current version of the Scholastic catalog, and Squirrel Girl isn't even in there. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I did find Star Wars collections though from mm, Marvel, mm-hmm. and they are all. It looks like they're twenty-one dollars. Really? Wow! Yeah. Fuck! Jesus. Okay. Well, I, I, it might just be that we're old. <laughs> it could. I, I mean, that's it. It's like the act of inflation. But I was like, Jesus, really? I mean, I know I'm old, but I remember paying like, you know, a buck fifty for my scholastic new books for the newsletter. You know. Oh yeah, my no, I, I yeah, I remember. The, I remember them being super cheap. Super but, cheap. Um, yeah, I thought they were discounted. Uh, that was part of the deal. But maybe. Uh, well, if you think about it, like twenty one dollars for a Star Wars book might actually be discounted. Right. I, yeah. How much are how much are Star Wars hardcovers these days? Oh Jesus! Right, right. I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that actually might be a deep discount. Right. Um, you know, uh, so I so I don't know, Graham. I I I think what I think is is that to me, um, you know, any dec- any liar worth their salt knows that you got to put, well, now I've mixed the metaphor a little bit. You, you got to have a little bit of grain of truth to be able to sell the, to sell the lie, 
You know? Okay, so wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm now lost. You're gonna have to. I'm sorry. I guess what I'm, what is the lie that he said trying to sell at this point? And what is the grain of truth? To me, the grain of truth is, I think, yes. Is there, is a good chunk of the direct market powered by nostalgia? Absolutely. Do, as, is the marketplace generally, um, you know, an older marketplace that wants this stuff to be like comfort food or reassuring yeah, like, or the way they, they want kids. it when they were kids? Absolutely. I, I, you know, I am a guy who is literally, uh, and I really do mean literally this time, t- talking about this underneath the werewolf by night Marvel omnibus that is sitting on the shelf directly above my head. You know, it's like, I definitely believe that that is a, is a factor. Is that a factor for why the books are tanking? No, I don't think so. I don't think well, Gabriel okay. thinks so. Here, here's, cause again, I agree with you, but, um, I don't know why I'm looking to make fucking excuses for David Gabriel. Like, Jeff, you know me. You know yeah. my relationship with Marvel. Why am I looking to make excuses for David Gabriel? But I guess what I was going to say was, if he is only talking about the direct market, which, to be honest, I think he is, because I think that's all Marvel cares about, because Marvel is that short-sighted. Uh, you know, as as evidence, look at Marvel's trade collections. Yeah, see. Like, look at how many to keep in. Anyway, if he's only talking about his drag market, he's not amazingly wrong. Like, he's saying it in the worst way possible. He's being incredibly short-sighted. He is... He's putting all the blame on it, as opposed to a million other factors. No, I... See, he's putting all the blame on it. Like I said, there is sort of a grain of truth. Yeah, people want the stuff that they... But they want. And... you know, honestly, there's part of me that thinks that Marvel at a certain point, it, it's a little bit of what we've talked about, the, you know, the Marvel conundrum, which is change versus the illusion of change, you know? Mm-hmm. And the illusion of change is actually really, really easy to do when you've got a character that's only been around for five years, 10 years, even 20 years. But when you have characters that are 45 years old and you half the illusion of change more to the point you have people who are 40 or 45 years old who have been reading these characters all of their literate all of their lives yeah Yeah. you you can't there's there's only so much wiggle room like there's there a lot of the lessons that marvel and the comics industry took away from the 90s was this idea of like ah you know what you can't change these characters too much you know, it didn't have, and again, it had nothing to do with the idea that they were pumping out dozens of, you know, copies with alternate covers and holographs and splitting the lines 15 different ways. And there was mad speculator money that was money that had fled the collapse of the baseball card industry and a few years later left that. Like we all act like that's not a thing. Those things are things. And then we turn around and try and pretend that, that the economics of this stuff is just this weird byway. And what we really, what people really care about are quote unquote the characters. Like, we're, it, it's, it, it, the, the, who the core, the core audiences are who continue to care about these characters for 40 or 50 years, I think is, 
you know, just might dwindle by attrition. And I'm arguing that as somebody who is like, you know, went from having 27,000 comic books to, you know, at least hard copies, like, I don't know, maybe a hundred, you know, because I, you know, just, and that doesn't mean that I don't, you know, it's like, oh, I don't really like what they've done with Iron Man. It's just like, ah, damn it. I'm like 48 years old. You know, I'm 50 years old. I've been reading these characters since I was six. The fact is, like anything that Iron Man, any, there's a point where they can't say anything meaningful to me because they're not, because I'm 50 years old and in theory they're still 20. The worst part is the characters are still 20. They're just being written by other 50 and 55 year olds. <laughs> you know, like that's a, yeah, that's no, a no. weird inauthentic experience in and of itself. You know? Um, okay. So first of all, I think in the weirdest way we're both saying the same thing. It's just for some reason I'm being much more forgiving of David Gabriel than you are. You are being forgiving of David Gabriel. I think, you know, I think there's a variety of reasons. And I think that honestly, because you've seen things that have happened in the marketplace where you're like, well, that should have been a hit or that should have taken. And it wasn't. And you're like, okay, so that means that the audience doesn't want blank. And anything, it's that, uh, I see such echoes of of DCU and what's mm-hmm. going on for Marvel right now. Like such echoes that I'm like, either the two companies made exactly the same mistakes, which, let's be honest, they're pretty much the same company. It's not impossible. Um, or there's actually something to be said, something to be learned about the marketplace here. Well, okay. And that's something to be learned about the marketplace is not a million miles away from what Gabriel's saying, but Gabriel is suggesting that it is the majority of the reason the books failed, as opposed to seven million other reasons that also have to be taken into effect. Exactly, exactly. I would but say that's, that's, that that's what the, I mean when when I say we're I think we're on the same page. Well, like I agree with you. It's just I don't think you can also discount what Gabriel's saying entirely. Despite how inartfully he's saying. But my, no, but he didn't say it inartfully. He said it like a lying son of a bitch. And, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. It's not like he was inelegant or he misspoke. He deliberately Jack, presented to- You have to work with these people. I, I, I guess I don't literally have to worry about that. So, you know, I, I, you're right, Graham. I don't mean to, I don't mean to screw up your gig, but the fact is, is that he, he presented to the extent that you're like, I think that he has a, a point. I'm like, he's got two retailers out of 14's worth of point. My problem is, is that that's not how he presented it. And it's, and we both know it's not like he did it as a mistake. So the good side oh, no, no, is, no. is that it, I don't it, think. Yeah, there's that, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the, the, I think the plus of it is this that, you know, honestly, Graham, you should get on your high horse and start shitting on Marvel because they need you more than ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> seriously, you should seriously start bad mouthing those motherfuckers because there's never been a time where they've ever been like, oh yeah, but uh, can you give us some sort of good coverage in Secret? Em-? You know what I mean? You're just like, listen, you you know, you kind of want me to talk about you know how great Nick Spencer and Secret Empire is and just interview him for Heat Vision. Maybe I can call you a stupid cum bucket, David Gabriel. You know, just as a joke. And he'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I am kind of a dumb cum bucket. There's never been a better time, Graham. Trust the dark oh. side. 
Oh my god. Come to the dark oh. side. And oh we my will god. rule the oh. Empire oh as one. Oh my god. Oh my <laughs> You know, more than anything, I'm shocked that you said the words dumb cum buckets. I know, I am too. More than, I'm like, really? Jeff? I know, isn't it gross? I mean, cause it is. I'm sort of like, hey, you know what? I'm pro cum bucket. And I personally think that there are many excellent cum buckets out there in the world that I am, want to be supportive of. And it has nothing. You cannot believe the look that my wife is giving me right now. You well, absolutely I, I cannot. It's you that look. I know, I'm giving me that look. <laughs> I'm the other side of this conversation as well. I know. I I can't even imagine what he thinks you're talking about right now. Yeah, no kidding, right? I was just trying to think of like, eh, what's the thing that David Gabriel would probably find like the most egregious to actually say? But, you know, but uh, who knows? Uh, anyway. <laughs> you're like, let's move off of Come Bucket Gate. This would be great. This totally would be fantastic. Like, wait, what podcast goes on to condemn Marvel PR flub commits Mar- PR flub? So, uh, um, no, but I was going to, I was going to take us back to like the, 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 the uh, the macro for a second. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, you can tell me if I'm looking at biased sources. Marvel is in a shithole mm-hmm. in terms of public perception. Right. And how do they get out of it? Or more to the point, can they get out of it? Yes. Because at some point this week, I started thinking, I started thinking two things. One, what is the end game for either side here? Wait, like, what, what, is what, a what are the for sides? The like, for people who are going, Marvel hates diversity. And Marvel. <laughs> like, for the people who are like, aha, I told you Marvel hates diversity. They're just dummies. Diversity is great. And Marvel's being dummies for saying that it, it's d- diversity is why they're losing sales. Like, what is, what, what is the, what is the win? Like, is the win Marvel invests more time and effort in, in diversity? Is the aim Marvel goes out of business? Is the aim, like, what? I, like, I guess I've lost sight of, like, what the fight is about now. Do you, do you, do know, you know what, what I mean? consider a win? Do you know what I yeah. consider a win? David yeah. Gabriel loses his job and has to go back to Cumbucket University, where he becomes <laughs> a more educated Cumbucket and is able to get a job uh, in the up-and-coming intelligent Cumbucket industry. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I mean, part of me... Oh. No, seriously. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's get rid of all that. Yeah. If David Gabriel loses his job, is that a win for you? Oh, it's a win for me, yeah. Uh, Axel Alonso losing his job. Uh, probably not. I don't necessarily see oh, that as that big a win. What's that? Gabriel is Gabriel is the scalp you're looking for. You know what? Here's my thing. If Alonzo was humbled, if Marvel's the team that is it's their sales team that supposedly set the bars for like, oh, everyone dies, we plan out our, you know, our crossovers like two years in advance, like we give the, the writer team, like, you know, uh, targets to hit both in terms of sales and also like who dies, who turns evil this year. If those people are chastened, humbled and let go of their stranglehold of, of the company. Yes. I think that would be great. Gabriel is the scalp that I want because I remember that uh, allegedly Gabriel complained about the fact that he wasn't getting like 
a retailer's spirit award after like three years on the job. <laughs> really? I've never heard that. That's oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's, I, I mean, that's that's a classy man right there. Allegedly, 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 he he that that is that is that is a story that I heard. And I'm almost willing to get tell you because it's been so long and misrepresenting in, in some degree. But honestly, again, the degree to which he and the other people in the sales team have treated um, the comic book press with uh, shoddily and with contempt. Yeah. I kind of want him to go down. Yeah, I would be really happy about that. I'd probably be happy if somehow all this stuff gave Steve Wacker like a minor heart attack, you know, just enough to make him like... I love that Steve Wacker isn't even in isn't even in publishing anymore. You're like, I hope over an animation, Steve Wacker has a stroke. Absolutely. I didn't say a stroke. I said a mild heart attack, <laughs> enough to make him like reconceive his ways. If I think this makes Tom Brevoort like give I, up I, his I was going to say, what about Brevoort? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't want him to lose his job, but do I want him to stop being a shitbag on social media? Oh, I really do. I really do. I don't think that that's a big loss. You know, I mean, the thing that I think I'm is really a shame. Any of this, I'm just asking. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> after, after the nightmare that is dumb cum bucket gate, I've got to learn. I've learned to tread carefully because I got myself a social media expert and I learned how to handle things on social media instead of continuing to act like a jackass for years. Okay. That's clearly not true because <laughs> it's only been like eight and a half minutes, but Marvel doesn't have that excuse. And I, part of me is like, yeah, I would like there to be some consequences for that. I don't want it to be Marvel goes out of business. And again, the thing that bothers me is, is that I really don't like the signaling that Gabriel was making in his very Trumpish way of, oh, yeah, you know, the problem was the diversity. We did all this. And, you know, I think part of the reason why they did that is, is because they were pissed of the fact that they have had to listen to people on social media and have had to listen to their fans. And you know what? The fact that it's worked has not been happy for them. I kind of don't think I really do. I think that I think that making that kind of comment was, you know, I, I know that, like you said, shitty, let's, let's settle on shitty. And I just think that there is a thing where I'm like, yeah, I think that if you're shitty enough to people and, and it's not like it's like an isolated case of, of crappy behavior. I think it's oh, just, no, I mean, let's, you know, let's face it. That company has, has made a, a career mm -hmm. of, of being shitty to people. Yeah. So, but I mean, I don't see where people are really going to learn their lesson unless like suddenly you get weird situations where like people are fired, you know? Um, but I don't, I don't think that, you know, I'm not like, uh, as to what, as to what Marvel needs to do, I think in a way they're trying to do a version of it, which is they're just trying to shut their mouths, which is, as you pointed out, kind of a first for them and just hold on until Guardians of the Galaxy 2 comes out. Because in the same way that the majority of people mistake Marvel the film films for Marvel, the comics, it's just going to happen all over again. Marvel is going to have a huge hit when guardians of the galaxy two comes out and Marvel is going to be represented in the mainstream press as being back on top, because I think the majority of them don't really know or care enough to split the difference between 
Marvel Studios and Marvel Entertainment. Uh, and then, and then once the eye of Sauron is off them, which is a bad metaphor, uh, they get to go back to doing, you know, whatever they want, you know, and figuring out ways to convince everyone else that, that that's, that whatever they want is also what the marketplace wants. So you think that if Guardians of the Galaxy is two is a success, which let's face it, it's going to be because yeah. it's a Marvel film. Like right. it's going to be a success. That's a that's a, a fait accompli. Um, See, this that is, happens. This is the that, it, interesting that, thing. If I if I can interrupt you, I think the thing that is going to help Marvel is, like you said, it's a fait accompli. I think what it is 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 that it helps that Mar- the the first Guardians of the mo- movie was suggested. Uh, kind of broader, wider palette for Marvel and, mm-hmm. and, but only promised it and people responded really well. I'm assuming, and I could be wrong, that what they're going to do is actually try and deliver on that promise in the second movie and it's, and it's going to be bigger, you know? Oh, really? I, that's interesting because I, I don't expect them to deliver. <laughs> You you very well could be right. If they if they don't deliver, I think that yeah, we'll see some some things. But I don't think that. So in other words, if they're if they're more if they really do get out and present something that's still you know quote unquote a Marvel film, but has all this stuff, they're going to be like I think the audiences are going to be into it, you know. But and I think at that point. Marvel wins. But I mean, I don't think that Marvel could just crank out if this was, I don't know, Ant-Man 2 or, uh, you know, the next Hulk movie. Like, you know, there's a variety of things that Marvel could be putting out. But I think I think Guardians 2 is one of the strongest um, franchises in their in their lineup, which sounds ridiculous because it's only the second movie. I could be absolutely completely wrong but i kind of don't think so that's so here was the question i was going to ask mm-hmm. um are you saying that if that when guardians of the galaxy 2 comes out and is a massive hit that it doesn't matter that marvel's comics are selling so poorly oh no um this the poor selling element of marvel's comics is still going to be an issue as going to be whatever sort of ongoing thing they're doing with comics retailer i just mean are they still going to be getting coverage? Is this, are they still going to be getting negative and critical coverage from say the New York Times, the Guardian, uh, the BBC? That's, that's interesting. I think that it all depends on how Secret Empire lands. I would say Guardian really more do. than Secret Empire. I really Empire. do. I think. Really? No, okay. but I, I think if Secret Empire, uh, if Secret Empire manages to make their current PR worse, Mm-hmm. I think you are going to see a schism in coverage. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I, I suppose. I, I think. I also think that this might just be the year where we see a schism in coverage in general, because I think you're already going to see people talking about Marvel TV and Marvel movies as separate mm-hmm. entities. Yes. Yeah. Uh, after Iron Fist, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that means you are going to see people talking about Marvel comic, uh, Marvel comics, and Marvel uh, movies differently as well. Mm-hmm. And I think if Secret Empire manages to impressively double down on their shitty reputation right now, you're going to see reporting that is essentially, oh, God, Guardians is so great and so much fun, unlike Nazi Captain America. (laughs) 
because that's a great that like speaking as someone who works in the media that's, that's true. a great story to tell nazi captain america is a is a strong hook no no but but the marvel movies are great despite the comics have lost their way is a great story to tell yeah i suppose that is true and it's a much yeah. more interesting story than marvel's got it back yeah you know and there's not a big time break between secret empire launching and Guardians coming out. Mm-hmm. There's like two weeks. Mm-hmm. So if Secret Empire launches and everyone just gets the hook of like, oh shit, it's the Nazis. They're saying the Nazis should have won World War Two. This is the same company that said the diversity is a bad thing. And the same company that just had to fire the dudes. And that is the, the, the narrative for Marvel as a company before Guardians is a hit. I think you're going to get like those two things intertwining. Mm, maybe I, because my thing is, is that comic books, th- thanks to the the miracle of the direct market and the way that Marvel manipulates it, is is no what like. Let's put it this way: if Guardians came out and had some sort of distressingly fascistic comment, you know, content. Then it's sort of analogous, but it's like how, how okay d- define fascistic content. So if, for example, it is pulling from, and this is me pulling stuff out of my ass based on the trailers, right? If it's pulling from uh, Infinity Crusades and it has characters trying to impose their moral will on the rest of the universe, does that count? Well, if that character is Peter Quill, then yeah, it, no, no, it, it it's, it's it's what's her name? Her. Oh yeah. So well yeah, but that's not the, but so this is this is the thing with Secret Empire is like as you point out, it's Nazi Captain America. Like, you know, there's all sorts of shitty things being said whenever Red Skull pops up in a comic, you know, or the hate monger pops up in a comic. It's the idea that like you've got a heel turn from Captain America at, which is, you know, just that's kind of distressing, particularly for you know where we are right now as a country and all that, a variety of other factors that Marvel is, continues to be like, no, 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 that's why this is going to pay off big. Trust us, uh, you know. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that it's like if Guardians is like Guardians Two is a big hit, and Secret Empire is criticized, but it's still a quote unquote big seller you know that mitigates the 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 narrative a little bit you know like because one's a success you know fiscally and the other one is a success fiscally because marvel's going to do everything in their power by hook or by crook that secret war number secret empire zero or secret empire and secret empire number one are going to be they're, they're going to be the best selling comics of the next two months exactly you know, yeah. and, and the, and in, or, so right off the bat, that hampers the way that people talk about the story, I think, because I think people, it's hard to craft a narrative in which one's an enormous hit, the other one is the biggest selling book of the industry, but it has drawn severe criticisms. You know what I mean? Like, it just, at that point, it already sounds like the, the, the the waffling language is out. It sounds like a compromised narrative and people can start saying like, Oh, but this person's just looking for, um, you know, looking for a hook or is biased against Marvel comics, you know, because it doesn't seem like it doesn't, 
it does to, the contrast is of different of different stripes admittedly you're the journalist i don't really know what i'm talking about i just know that for myself I, as a reader and admittedly a not very bright one i'd be like eh, kind of not really the same thing you know because in my brain i'm like no, that's that one's a hit. It wouldn't be a hit if it wasn't if there weren't hundreds of thousands of people buying it. Because the fact is, there's still people who've been buying comic books for their entire lives who don't under who don't understand that that the comics retailers purchase it up front themselves, and that's what the sales are. You know yeah. that the sales of four hundred thousand do not mean that four hundred thousand people bought that comic book. You know. Yeah, exactly. So and, and the real sales could be. Half that, exactly, if not less, right? Could be a quarter of that, depending on what the on what the incentives were, or how Marvel did their overship, or whatever other number of crazy factors. They don't, they don't, like I said, within the industry, they don't know that it's it's not going to really be a way that people outside the industry are going to be able to to grok, you know, yeah. so. So it is it. That's, that's my particular take on why it's not necessarily the same thing. And also sort of why, like you said, in theory, that's all, quote unquote, that's all Marvel has to do on the large front. But, but, A, not only could I really be incredibly wrong, but I don't know. I mean, I just, it's, it's, you know, in a way, part of me wonders whether this X-Men gold thing, um, you know, couldn't be a huge boon for, for Marvel. Cause like I said, it, it gets into that realm of like, oh man, Marvel, Marvel's got a bad PR streak going. Boy, they sure can't well, help no, get yeah, shot in the it, foot. That's just it. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it really was. And I said this on Twitter today, like it, now it's seeming like they're cursed. Mm -hmm. And if they can parlay that into, it's all just bad luck, you guys. Exactly. Then, then there's that weird, like, oh, oh man, Marvel sure has had some bad luck, you know? But, yes. And, and that's, and, you know, if Guardians is a big success, can they manage to, to, uh, to craft that? Do you know what I mean? Like, they've already, mm -hmm. Marvel, Marvel Publishing has already announced that, um, the weekend of Free Comic Book Day, which is also the weekend that Guardians 2 opens, Right. Um, they're going to have people on Good Morning America mm -hmm. talk up the Guardians comic. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, so, so they're trying to prime the, the, the PR pump. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. But at the same time, like, they're also going to try and talk about Secret Empire and it, it, Secret Empire just seems like such a risk. Mm -hmm. Because Secret Empire ultimately is like, and then the Nazis took over the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know, how do you go from yeah, our fun space comic is great. It's just like the film, and we're also doing Nazi Captain America. Well, because I think my understanding, they have. I don't know that anyone has bought it, but I already see Marvel has doing this thing where, as far as I can tell, they're like. This is going to be just a big widescreen battle yes, of good guys versus yes. bad guys. Yes, like, you I've know seen what I mean. A lot of that positioning. Yeah. I've seen a lot of the like Captain America's the bad guy, and part of me is like, you can't sell that, right? You can't sell that because if your hook is Captain America's the, bad guy, 
you have to explain why he's the bad guy. Like you, I, I think I've said this to you before. Mm-hmm. Like my biggest fear about Secret Empire on a narrative level mm-hmm. is that Captain America is just going to stop being the bad guy in the third act for the dramatic reveal, and it's that plot will actually have gone nowhere. Like there'll be no emotional payoff for it. Well, because they'll just be like, and now he's good, mm-hmm. and now we've got a relaunch. Okay, but you know what I mean? so what? So what would be your payoff? Just out of curiosity, I mean, as someone, because narrative, narrative yeah. payoff for Secret Empire. Yeah, I mean, uh, you don't want Steve were, Rogers to stay evil. I'm assuming. No, I I don't want Steve Rogers to like. If I had my druthers, I wouldn't have done this story. But if I had to do this story, right, I would spend a significant amount of time on the fallout after he comes back. Mm-hmm. As a on, good guy. As a good guy. On right. the, how does he feel about mm-hmm. what he's done? How do his friends feel? How mm-hmm. do his, like, can anyone trust him? Like, what is the emotional payoff for this? Because the emotional payoff for me is not the, now he's a good guy, because we all expect that. Right. The emotional payoff is what happens after that. And I don't think Marvel is set up for what happens after that anymore. Uh, you don't think that they'll, they'll pay that off in the Captain no, I America think, I relaunch? Think, or? No, I think the most they'll pay off is there'll be like a special issue called Secret Empire Aftermath, hmm. where people tell Cap that he's going to have to earn their trust again, and then there'll be a fucking relaunch. And it'll be, and now Cap is in Japan, and he's fucking fighting AIM, because AIM are bad again. Well, just out of curiosity, why couldn't they... Why couldn't they do both? Well, I mean, there's that, I suppose. But, I mean, it's it's what if they keep Captain America... They keep Sam Wilson as Captain America. Cap, Steve Rogers, is now a good guy, but becomes nomad because... You know, just as he did after the, the first Secret Empire. But this time it's because he is, you know, he's a man without a country because he's good, country, but yeah, exactly. You know, that I would find that an interesting direction to take. I just don't have any faith that Marvel will take it. <laughs> Not really, seriously. I think, um, knowing the rumors, and again, I know nothing beyond this. But the rumors are that Marvel's Big Fall relaunch is going to have the quote-unquote classic heroes back in their quote-unquote classic positions. Mm-hmm. And part of that is Captain America. Mm-hmm. Part of that is Steve Rogers. And so it's like all signs point to Steve Rogers will be Captain America and a good guy mm-hmm. by the time this fall relaunch rolls around. Well, because I do think the other thing that we've been talking about that Marvel continues to ignore is the idea that they're, that Marvel needs a reboot, you know? And what's a, what's a better way for them to get to a reboot than having a reality that's been so muddled by a cosmic cube that it, it seems as if the entire universe is now an offshoot of one in which the Nazis won the war. And this is, you know, the man in the high castle comic book, you know, Marvel comic style. And at the oh end God, of can it, can you not imagine it? They're like, we tried game of Thrones and humans and nobody liked it. So now we're doing man in the high castle cats in America. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, once they talked about that with the with the Cosmic Cube, I'm like, oh, man, you're never going to get all the fun stuff out of that. But it totally seems like I could see them being like, oh, yeah, yeah, man in the high castle. Like, I totally smoked a couple of dubs and was watching Amazon Prime. <laughs> dubs. <laughs> I like I like that you suddenly dropped into like nineteen seventy. I know exactly. <laughs> I just love the idea that Nick Spencer is like, "Hey man, I was totally smoking some crazy dubs, and uh, I was I was totally binge watching Man in the High Castle, and I thought Secret Empire, man, this is the way we get out of all of our problems. Like people don't like Nazi Captain America, but we're Marvel, we can't roll anything back, so we double down on it, baby. We double down." But then what's great is we get to the end of it and check this out, hip cat. We reboot the universe. We reboot it, man. <laughs> I'm Nick Spencer. I'm like 28. <laughs> what, what I love more than anything about that is by the time you got to we reboot it, man, I feel like you're going into, uh, boys in space by the, the, the oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Um, well, the thing is, like, they have, they even have, they have two ways of getting that mechanism. If that's where they want to go, mm-hmm. they've got the cosmic cube, and like Reed Richards still out there fucking recreating the universe. So they can literally go, oh, the stories you've been reading for the last couple of years haven't been the the regular Marvel. Wouldn't universe. it be great if that's their double down reveal? It's not that Steve Steve Rogers is a Nazi. It's that Reed Richards is a Nazi. Like once you get him up there playing God, the first thing that he does is he turns Captain America like into a big old Nazi, and then he fucks up the rest of the Marvel universe because he's like, ah, I'm Reed Richards. I know what I'm doing. Doop de doop de doo. Here I am, like feeding this cosmic log into the cosmic sawmill. And what comes out? Nazis. <laughs> Let me in charge of your universe. You know, like you're right. They could do that, but they're not going to do that. I mean, maybe they will, but it seems to me that the, the fact that they brought up the cosmic cube so early on, and then they're going for this crazier cosmic cube take on things just makes me think that they're going to go for the cosmic cubiest, but, uh, but maybe not. I don't know. Well, the, I mean, the Cosmic Cube is literally fucking at the heart of this story. Right. It's a Cosmic Cube that made Cap this way. Like, yeah. Chekhov's Cosmic Cube is right there. Well, see, that's it. You've got, you've, yeah, you've got Deus Ex Cubica right, right in the Deus Ex Cubic Zirconia, right in the middle of the storyline. Like, you know, like it kind of, at that point, I kind of get the idea of like, they're like, well, let's, let's, up the phantasmagoria, the phantasmagoria, you know, it's like, you're, you're, let's just do it like one crazy, insane dream sequence. That being said, I'm sure people were like, yeah, but we don't want to read this. And people are like, eh, th- just stick it out for five or six issues and act like you like it. And then we'll, if you like it, maybe we'll give you what you want. Maybe. Well, of. that's, that kind of feels like the way that, uh, Secret Empire is being sold now. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of like, this is an integral step for what comes next. And what comes next is good old fashioned superheroing. Right. You know, it's like, uh, to get back to Iron Fist for a second. It's like the way that lots of people were talking about Iron Fist. I've got it. I don't like this, but I've got to watch the whole show because it sets up defenders. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People, people talking about it. Well, sure. Because that is, that is that idea that it's, you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the scam. I mean, that's the genius of when you set up the universe is if it were a uh, comic book universe, if it works, you're like, Oh, I can't ignore this piece. You know, I mean, 
but that's and the problem the problem with Marvel Comics is is I'm like, yeah, I don't know about you, but I seem to remember the heroic age and I don't remember it being anything than a bunch of banners that said uh the heroic age. The heroic age, yeah. Yeah, you know? So, so I just think that there's that thing of again Sure, maybe Marvel's going to do their thing. I mean, I again, they've they will pre-sell the Secret Empire stuff so that it looks like a hit. I think they're more worried about the external than the internal and then let's see what they're really doing for the internal, the the internal reboot stuff. If you know, in terms of pleasing the internal press, let's see what they actually do with what comes after Secret Empire. But the thing that I find fascinating about Secret Empire is, again, it's that schism that Marvel between Mar- what Marvel sort of says and what Marvel does, and they're they're kind of saying like, "Oh, Secret Empire!" Like they started downplaying aspects of it, like, "Oh, it's not that; it's what's coming after." You, you're going to be really excited about what comes next after this. Meanwhile, they're like they're showing up on you know Good Morning America to hype Secret Empire, and it's like, okay, it's you know. This is this is not a small thing for you. This is not something that you're going to shove under the rug, because I think the fact of the matter is Marvel Marvel is in such dire straits. They can't just have their big event sell nothing. They just can't well, not I mean, put any can't. attention That's, into it. Failure is yeah. not an option for this exactly at all. Yeah. I mean, and especially now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like especially now because of nothing else. Another part of the ICV2 story that starts us all off is them admitting that their sales have been in toilets since yeah. October. Right. But I mean, you know, but my thing is, is like, they just did, they just got desperate enough to admit it. You know, they, they, it was obvious they tried denying it for like the last nine months or whatever they said since October. Didn't they have a, weren't you telling me this, that they had like a mysterious date where they said everything tanked out in October? October, yeah. yeah. And like, weirdly October, although, didn't we have this conversation last time that that was also, no, it was when you were in town. Exactly. We weren't recording. People don't know this part. Uh, (laughs) Like, we worked out that's roughly when Secret, uh, when Civil War ended, right? Was it Civil War end? I see, that's it. I was totally baffled. Civil War 2, that that ended in October of 2016, and that's what they're talking about. Mm hmm. Okay. I, that, is that not? I mean, I could. I that. have no idea, Graham. I'm so I kept my mouth shut and nodded because in my brain, I'm like, yeah, October. That was the end of Secret War. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking up uh, Comicron October 2016. Yeah, yeah it is because Champions Champions was Marvel's big book. Yeah, that month. Right. So that must be after Secret uh, Civil War finished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, Civil War is, is only on issue six at this point. Oh my god! Yeah. So wow. So yeah. Who knows? Maybe that's the point at which everyone was like, "Fucking forget it." I honestly think that it's October 2015 after Secret War, and they didn't do shit all on their all new Marvel or whatever it was, all new, all different. Um, that came after Secret War, but you know, clearly that doesn't fit in with their timeline at all. You know, unless they're just lying about timeline. Yeah, they could be. You know, it's like, oh, October. I didn't say which October. I didn't say of what year. <laughs> I meant October 2013. But we're just now getting around to admitting that there exactly. was a problem. We just saw that maybe we should do something about it after a few years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, around the time that second Electra book didn't catch on with Mike Del Mundo's art, you know, around the time Weird World flopped, we're like, something's going wrong. I don't know what it is. 
We're going to have to get to it. When's our schedule open up? After Secret Empire. Okay, well, that's... All right, that's your... Sure, I, I guess sure. Secret if Empire. If things haven't picked okay. up by then, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, first of all, Jeff, we've run wonderfully long on this mini-episode. You just knew it, Graham. <laughs> uh, so, hey, everyone. Me. Hello, this everyone. Is, yeah. This is what's happening with marvel and i i jeff i'm just gonna say this is the episode for the week this you guys I, are gonna yes. get your baxter building next week yep yep exactly and let me tell you show notes might be a little skimpy on this my friends because no I, some I, I i we pretty much just like talked about the one thing i think if you just give links yeah. to like the the bleeding cool piece and nice tv two piece you're you're good i'm golden i'm a I'm, golden I'm golden i'm i'm michael golden uh, yeah, so, well, so let's, uh, so sadly, that means that although this is somewhat short for us at an hour 40, I think, I think we should, uh, I think we should tie it off and, uh, call it a show, yeah? Yeah, I think we should. Uh, okay. so in that case, this is where I do the end of the show bit. Yes. Are you ready, Are you I ready I colleague? <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Fried Laurie last night. I'm going to call everyone McCall from now on. Um, <laughs> we are... All the way on the internet. The show notes Jeff was just talking about, you'll find at waitwhatpodcast.com, where we have show notes for all the episodes that we do or have done since our relaunch. Uh, all, all, I'll try it again. Also, show notes for the Baxter building. Uh, we are also at waitwhatpods.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter at waitwhatpodcasts. Jeff's on Twitter solo at lazybassett at L-A-Z-Y-B-A-S-T-I-D. I am on Twitter solo at Graham M, at G-R-A-E-M-E-M. And we are a Patreon-supported podcast. Jeff, I've said the P word, and that means you get to do your lovely shtick. Let's go! (laughs) The sad part is, as listeners know, if only I could make it a shtick, because let's face it, Graham does a lovely job conveying so much more information. And I kind of uh, careen about like a drunken sailor uh, from my one point to the next, which is that we are a Patreon-supported podcast, which means that there's a wonderful group of people that uh, um, throw a little bit of cash our way or dosh as Graham likes to hear me call it, uh, to, um, so British. inside, aren't I though? In support of these endeavors and in fact inspire us to even greater heights, such as the Baxter Building podcast, which you've heard, would have heard this week, uh, were it not for us being us, um, but you'll hear next week. We are very grateful to the support of these people, especially the kind crew at American Ninth Art Studios and Empress Audrey, Queen of the Galaxy. Still not killed us. Still not killed us. Still not destroyed the the Milky Way. Thank you so much for that and for your continuing support of... Wait, what? Graham? Oh, I like the way you said that at the end. (laughs) Oh, everyone. Let's get Jeff to do that more often. I just say, wait, what? But Jeff (laughs) puts their emphasis in the right place. I like that. We're going to be back next week with the Baxter building that should have been this week. But literally, you guys asked us to talk about this instead. Yes. So, sorry, but also not that sorry. Yes, exactly. Until then, though. Bye! (laughs) Bye!